Welcome to Passion Life Church. We are starting a brand new series that we are calling The Spirit-Led Life. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. And really what this series is all about is to help us cultivate the relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, guys. Can we turn the house lights up now just a little bit? Um, uh, I, I'd appreciate that uh, just so people can see their Bibles. Um, that would be great. This, this is really designed to help us cultivate the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Like what, what is his function in our life? What is he here to do? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And what are the gifts of the Spirit that, um, that God has for us? And so we're going to dive into all of those. You know, after Jesus died and rose again, he was ascending to heaven and he was talking to the disciples and he was telling them that he was going to send another comforter. Why another comforter? Because he was their comforter. He was their provider. They lived with him for about three and a half years. They were seeing their best friend ascend to heaven. And they're like, man, who's going to take care of us? But Jesus was assuring them, listen, I'm going to send you another comforter. I want you to think about this. If you were a disciple living with Jesus when he was on the earth, can you imagine all of your needs would be taken care of? I mean, all of your needs would be taken care of. If uh, you were hungry, he would get a little boy's lunch, right? Boom. Multiply it. Loaves and fishes. You would not go hungry. If you need money for taxes, come on, somebody. We're in tax season right now. He, what did he do? He would say, hey, you know what? Go go get some money out of the fish. And the disciple went and would get uh, uh, get money right out of, of, the, of, the, of the fish. Think about this. You were in a storm. Jesus would calm the storm for you. If you got sick, he would heal you. I mean, Jesus even healed Peter's mother-in-law. Come on, somebody. Jesus loves mother-in-laws. Amen. Amen. Some of you didn't say amen, but he does. He actually healed Peter's mother-in-law. I mean, but so the disciples, they used, they were so used to following Jesus lead, but now with him ascending into heaven, they were going to have to learn how to live the spirit led life, just like you and I. And as a believer, I'm telling you, it is so vital that you and I know the Holy Spirit. Come on. Can I get a good amen? Come on. Right. A good amen right there in the chat. We need to know the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk today about what he's going to do in our lives. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Did you find it? It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Do we have any sons of God and daughters of God in the house today? Amen. It says, for as many that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage. Now watch this, everybody. Stop for a moment. It's not a spirit of bondage. Well, you know, I'm just not into that religion. It's not a spirit of religion. It's not a spirit of bondage. It's not a spirit of bondage. And it says a spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Listen to that. You are joint heirs with Christ. That means everything God has is yours. 
yours. Come on, I thought I'd hear a better amen than that. Everything that God has is yours. You know, I've entitled today, Lead Me to Life. And here's, here's like the subtitle, if you would. The subtitle is, Who's Driving Your Life? Come on, turn to your neighbor just real quick and say, Who's Driving Your Life? Come on, Who's Driving Your Life? If you're sitting on the couch with somebody at home in your PJs, come on, turn to them and say, You know, Who is Driving Your Life? One thing I know about driving in the car with my son and my wife, especially when my wife is in the co-pilot seat, one thing I've realized, I am not really driving when I am driving my car, when she is in the co-pilot seat. And I'll tell you why. Because she has so many instructions for me. Phil, 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 traffic is slowing down. Stop, stop. You need to stop. And sometimes she won't say anything. She'll just go, <laughs> I'm like, are you okay? You all right? You need to stop. Look, stop, stop, Phil. Or how about this one? Uh, you should have turned there. I thought you were going to go the shorter way. I thought we were going to head. And you know what? To be honest with you, she is right a lot of times, but very kindly I have offered to purchase a helmet for her. Come on, somebody. I said, look, if you want to drive with me, that's cool. I'll purchase a helmet. Or I've even offered this. Honey, if you would like to, you may drive. And she so kindly declines. And she declines. But you know what I found? That's a lot like life, right? It's a lot like life because we're in the driver's seat, right? But oftentimes we don't realize who's in the co-pilot seat or have you heard backseat drivers? You have a backseat drivers that is actually motivating you, guiding you. You're driving but you're not really driving. There's something that's really driving you. And here's what happens. If we don't identify what's really driving our lives, here's what happens. We end up in a destination that we don't want to end up in, or we can end up in a dead end. And a lot of people since the year 2020 have ended up in a, in a dead end or in a place that they really don't want to be. And listen, I want to help everybody today. Because I think when Carrie Underwood came out with that song, Jesus Take the Wheel, Jesus Take the Wheel. Now, I don't have the thighs that she has, right? Come on. I like Carrie Underwood. She's awesome. And she's got those. I mean, every time she's singing, she has like these thighs that are like coming out. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm concentrating on Jesus. But come on, Carrie Underwood, right? I like her. I like the song. But I want to tell you this. I think a lot of people do think that Jesus is taking the wheel. So that means Jesus is driving my life. Can I just tell you this? Jesus is not driving your life. You are. Here's what Jesus will do. He will inspire you. He will help you. He will motivate you. But the truth is, God will not make the decisions for you. Only you can make those decisions. You are in the driver's seat of your life. But I think it's so important, my church family, that we identify who is motivating us, who's inspiring us. Because in truth, here's what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Let me give you in a nutshell this whole series and what this is about. The Holy Spirit and the Spirit-led life is the life, really, of the Lord Jesus Christ reproduced in us by the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. The Holy Spirit is going to make you look more like Jesus. Good, I got one amen. And here's my question, since I've only got one amen. If you don't want to look more like Jesus, who do you want to look like? So I'm going to try it one more time. The life of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit-led life, what he's going to do is he's going to make you look more like Jesus. And here's the great news. Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. I'll wait for you. I'll wait. And here's the great news. 
Because you can try to look like Jesus all by yourself, but you won't. People are trying. This is where religion and people get frustrated. But the Holy Spirit, when he comes inside you, what he does is he empowers you. I like to say it like this. The spirit-led life or the life that is filled with the spirit is the life with the characteristics of the Lord Jesus himself. And I love this because no one, no one can guide you better with the presence and the power or the person of the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you and he's going to lead you. And so as we talk about the spirit-led life, if you would, if you would allow me to be a little methodical as I approach this series, because there's a lot of people here that are on different levels, people that are watching online today, just at different levels. And what I'd like to do is is break this down, because the truth is, as great as the spirit-led life is, my church family, no one can lead you if you're not willing to follow. I want to say that again. As great, as incredible as the spirit-led life is, no one can lead you if you're not willing to follow. And a lot of times what happens is we can be stubborn. But I was thinking about how God really, what did God do for us? God gave humanity an incredible gift. What was that gift? He gave humanity the gift of choice. The ability to choose. You get to choose. Now, this blows my mind. Are you ready? God gave you the ability to choose. And if we don't want to, we don't even have to choose him. Think about this for a moment. You get to choose where you spend eternity. You get to choose that. You get to choose whether you spend eternity in heaven with God or in hell. Oh, I thought God sent people to hell. No, he doesn't send people to hell. He gave you a choice. And you get to choose where you spend eternity. My church family, that is powerful. That the almighty God puts in our hands the ability to choose. And I'll tell you why. Because God, when he created us, he didn't want a bunch of puppets. He didn't want a bunch. Come on, am I doing a good robot? He didn't want a bunch of robots. That's not what he wanted. You know what he wanted? He wanted a people that would love him because they choose to. He wanted people that would desire him because they desire him. Because love without choice is not love at all. And you get to choose. You get to choose. In Deuteronomy 30 and 19, it says this, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And God helps us because he knows some of us need help. And he gives you the answer. He says, choose life. Choose life. You know, research tells us that the average person makes about 35,000 decisions every single day. 35,000. And our ability to choose is probably the most important ability that you and I have. I mean, when you think about it, our choice defines our identity. Our identity. People are deciding today, I don't want to live as a boy. I want to live as a girl. Or I want to live as a, I was created to be a girl, but you know what? I'm going to live as a man. Our choices are defining our identity. Think about this. Our choices today are actually defining the consequences of tomorrow. And choices eventually is going to define your legacy. The legacy. Now, when you say, Pastor Phil, there's a bunch of things in my life. You know what? I didn't choose. I didn't choose to be hurt. I didn't choose. Can I just tell you today that, to be honest, we can't always choose what happens to us, but we can choose what happens in us. Life is about 10% of what happens to you. It's about 90% of how you choose to respond to life. 
And I could sit up here and I could tell you everything that's gone on in my life and how when I was born, I didn't know my father. And then my, my father who adopted me, who was a pastor, right? You know, they went through a divorce and, and I came from a divorce. And I can tell you all of these things that happened to me, but here's the reality. I didn't let it get in me. I made a choice to respond the right way with the power of the Holy Spirit and living the Spirit-led life. But here's the truth. The quality of our lives will be determined by the quality of our choices. I want to say that again. The quality of our lives will be determined by the quality of our choices. And every choice we make not only impacts our lives, but it impacts other people. But here's the great news. As children of God, you and I have an advantage. You know what that advantage is? We can be led by the Spirit of God. Man, this overwhelms me. When I begin to think about how the God who knows my past, present, and future, he knows my DNA, he created me, he knows what tomorrow holds, he says, I will lead you and I will help you make the right decisions if you will be spirit-led. Anybody want to be led by God's spirit? And the truth is a lot of the stuff that's been happening in our life that wasn't good was because we were not led by the Holy Spirit. Because the truth is, all of us are led by something. Come on. All of us are led by something. And I wonder if you have identified in your life, like what's really, what's really driving your life? Who's really leading your life? Now, listen, I know when I say the Spirit-led life, when we, you know, titled this here, the Spirit-led life, it sounds, it can sound really mystical. Woo, you know, some people think Casper the Friendly Ghost, right? And some people say the Holy Ghost. And so when they say ghost, like, woo, woo. But it's actually the Holy Spirit. And it's not something mystical. It's actually something really extremely personal. And that's why I, I want to break this down today. Because if you determine who's driving your life, you will experience freedom instead of going into unknown destinations, coming to places that are like a dead end in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to bring life to you. Can I hear a good amen today? But reality is most of us can be watching or sitting here and you know what's driving us? A problem or a pressure. There's a pressure that's driving us, a pressure that's driving us, or maybe it's a deadline at work. Let me just give you about five of the most common things that are driving people. And I want to show you what the Holy Spirit wants to lead you to. Here's the first one. Most people, right? Or you could say many people are driven by guilt. They're driven by guilt. And what they do is they spend their entire lives running from regrets and shame. And here's the reality. When you are, when you are driven by guilt, guilt people and guilt-driven people are manipulated by memories. 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 You know, you think about Adam and Eve in the garden. God created them. They were, you know, running around, it says naked. But it's really, actually, they had glory all over them. They had God's glory all over them. And then as soon as they sinned, what happens? They were walking with him in the cool of the day. And watch, guilt began to drive them to be under and behind a plant, a tree. And God says, Adam, Eve, where are you? And they said, we were afraid. Well, you know what happens? Sin always brings guilt. Sin always has attachment to it. You know, I was talking to somebody and they said, I just can't take this lifestyle that I'm living anymore. And I said, why? They said, because there's so much guilt attached to it. And the enemy will use guilt to to drive you to places that you don't want to be. I just think it's funny because guilt is so powerful. Some people won't even come to church. 
I just feel too guilty. You know, Phil, if I come into church, God's going to strike me down, you know, with lightning or something like that. Can I just tell you, God took out all of his wrath on Jesus on the cross, so he's not going to strike you down with lightning. He already put everything and all of his wrath on Jesus so you can be forgiven. Come on, can I hear a good amen today, right? I'm going to, listen, I'm going to go deeper. See, people who, before they get married, they're out and about, they're single, ready to mingle, and then they do mingle. And they get intimate with people where they shouldn't, where the Bible says don't have sex before marriage. And you know what happens? I've counseled so many people that they thought that a marriage certificate, that when they walk down, they plan a beautiful wedding. And then after they're married, they thought that would get rid of the guilt. It didn't get rid of the guilt. And so now they have problems because of a life before. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. Can I say it? Because I've talked to a couple people. And somebody told me the other day, they said, well, God still loves me. You know, um, I had a child out of wedlock with this person that someday we're going to get married and that's good. And, you know, here's here's the reality. This is what I told them. You know what you're doing? I said, you are making decisions to put your emotions. It's actually a principle. You're going to put your emotions over what God says. We feel like we're in love, you know, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to have a child before we get married. Right now. Listen, I said. The, the truth is, it's the principle that you're going to do what you feel over what God said. And they stopped and they said, so think about this. Every time you have an argument, it's going to be what you feel over what God said. So every time you feel like you need to say what you need to say, I'm going to say because I feel it. Well, guess what? You are building up that habit that you're going to do what you feel instead of what God said. And little slight little things. But what they didn't realize is that when they go to work and the husband goes to work and the wife goes to work, all right, are you ready? Listen, I may step on your toes, but God's going to heal you. Here's what they know when they go to work. The husband goes to work or the wife stays at home. In the back of their mind, here's what they know. We crossed the line before we got married. And so he's at work and he crossed the line. I wonder if he'll cross it again with somebody else. Guilt. You know what I love, though? Jesus forgives us of our guilt. In Psalms chapter 31, verse 1, verse and 2, it says this, What happiness for those whose guilt has been forgiven. Say that with me. Say, my guilt. Come on, say it loud. My guilt has been forgiven. It says, what joys when sins are covered over. What relief for those who have confessed their sins and have uh, had, and God has cleansed their, their record. That's the living Bible. Look at verse 2 in the New King James. It says this, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute his iniquity. Listen to this. And whose spirit, everybody says spirit, whose spirit there is no deceit. This is about living the spirit-led life. But we want to follow the right spirit. Here's the second most common thing that are driving people. And that is resentment and anger. Now, I could say this. This is the emotionally led life. This is about somebody who's really living and allowing their emotions to drive their life. But the person who is allowing resentment and anger, what they do is they hold on. They're holding on to hurts and they won't let it go. And instead of releasing the hurts, they nurse it and rehearse it. They nurse it and rehearse it. They nurse it and rehearse it. I'm hurt. This person hurt me. This person hurt me. And instead of releasing it, they just continue to nurse it and rehearse it. When God says, listen, I've forgiven you of your guilt and you need to be forgiven and understand that and you need to let go. You need to let go. But you know what happens with some guilt or with, with some resentment and uh, anger-driven people? Is some of them hold that anger inside. 
I call them silent but violent. They just hold it on the inside. And then one day, boom, it's like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Boom, man. They blow up, right? And they're cutting people who didn't even, uh, uh, you know, wasn't even in the fight with them. They're, they're blowing up on people who had nothing to do with it. And why? It's because they're driven by resentment and anger. Listen, the person who have hurt you cannot continue to hurt you if you will let it go. I want you to think about this. You're driving in the car of your life and the person who hurt you is in the co-pilot seat and they're talking to you and you're upset and they hurt you. They shouldn't even be in the car. Yeah, you forgive them and you love them, but they shouldn't be in the, in the car, in the, in the passenger seat of your life, but they are because you allow them them and you're trying to drive. And like my wife is saying, hey, stop, ha, boo, ha, ha, you need to do this. That's what they're doing. And you're driving and you come to a destination. You go, how did I get here? And I'm not just talking about getting here in a physical destination. I'm talking about getting here physic- um, mentally and emotionally. How did I get here? You know why? Because you didn't identify who's really driving your life. Come on, is this good this morning? Here's another one. This one's probably the most common. People are driven by fear. Fear will make you do stupid decisions. Do you ever watch horror films? Do you ever see how stupid the decisions people make in horror films? There's a girl and she's showering and they show her. It's like, ah, and all of a sudden she hears. She's like, Johnny, Johnny, is that you, Johnny? I don't know the last time that Johnny sounded like that, but Johnny. Watch. Johnny. Johnny, is that you? And they get out of the shower and they start moving towards the sound. Johnny, Johnny, is that you? Johnny, dead. Why? Because fear. Well, everybody seen that movie with Johnny and the girl in the shower? Why? Because fear will make you do stupid things. Now, all of us, you know, to be honest. It could be, you know, the fears that we have could be a result of something that was traumatic in our lives, some unrealistic expectations that we've had. Maybe for some of us, we grew up in a high-controlled home. Or maybe for even some, it could be a a pre-genetic predisposition. But can I just tell you, fear is a self-imposed prison. And it will keep you from becoming all that God intends for you to become. Are you ready? Second Corinthians, I mean, second Timothy chapter one, verse seven says this for God has not given us. Everybody say spirit of fear. Come on, say it. Say spirit of fear. So notice this is a spirit because we're talking about the spirit led life that doesn't come from God. And if it doesn't come from God, it doesn't have to lead your life. And it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And here's what the spirit of fear will do. It will rob you of your power. It will rob you of loving people. And it will rob you of having a sound mind. You know, 1 John 4.18 says, fear has torment in it. Watch this, my church family. I know Christians right now who would say, Pastor Phil, I'm a spirit-led Christian but they're being led by the wrong spirit because when you're led by the spirit of fear, you're being led by the wrong spirit. My church family, 
I know that we're living in difficult times. But I will tell you this. I know people still today that will not come out of their house because of COVID-19. And listen, that's not just a disease. That's a spirit of fear that is paralyzing people. And when you are driven by the spirit of fear, you'll never fulfill your purpose. But you know what? The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. And I thank God that we are driven by God's Holy Spirit. We have power over the spirit of fear. How many of you know you have power over the spirit of fear? Come on. If you believe that, give the Lord a good round of applause. Come on. Are you learning something today? I refuse to be led by the wrong spirit. I'm going to be led by the spirit of God in Jesus name. Here's number four. Another, a lot of people are driven by materialism. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but their desire to acquire, the desire to acquire is the goal of their lives. Now, I'm going to tell you something here at Passion Life Church. We want you to be blessed. We believe that God has blessed you to be a blessing to other people. I hope you get more in your life. I hope that you get so much that it's running over, that you are being, you're able to be generous to other people. But here's what God says. God says this, you have to seek my kingdom first. And then he says, all these things will be added unto you. In other words, this is what God says. If you prioritize me, right? He says, I will add. I want to be the one that's adding to your life. And this is where a lot of people are frustrated. You know, I just don't like where I'm at financially, Pastor Phil. I, you know, I want, I want more. Well, you know what? At some point, you're going to get tired of doing it all on your own and your own strength. And like we talked about during the offering, you got to start to honor God with the first fruits of your increase. And here's what happens. It begins to invite God into the equation of your finances. God is not God has nothing, there's nothing wrong with you having things. But what is wrong is when things have you and their grip on you. Come on, somebody. And I hear a good amen. You know, and it's interesting. You know, I was talking about how God's not going to make decisions for you. He doesn't. How many of you today during the offering, you're like, I wasn't planning on giving. And all of a sudden God started to like move your arm and got your smartphone. and You started to text seven, seven, nine. I don't know what's going on. God's making me give. Do you know he won't make you give? And if he did make you give, your life would be better, but he doesn't do it for you. Do you know that if you would begin to give, your life would go to another level, your business would go to another level, and God knows that. But you know, he didn't make anybody give today, even though it's the right decision in our hearts. We know it's the right decision, right? But he doesn't do that for us. But he says, look, if you will prioritize me first, man, I will add all the things that you need and more. And I think what happens in our lives is we confuse self-worth with net worth. Right? Because here's the misconception about this whole being driven by materialism. We think that if we get more, that we'll be more important. And honestly, your value is not determined by your valuables. It's not determined by your valuables. And if God can get money through you, he'll get money to you. You know, we're always, me and my wife are always very sensitive to what God wants to do and what we need to give away. We have made a decision that we are going to live to give. We're not just going to be takers. 
We're not just going to be takers. We're going to be the ones that's going to offer to pay for people. We're not always going, well, who's going to give us a blessing? Well, who's going to pay for me? Who's going to pay for lunch? No, you know what? We have decided we're going to be the initiators and we're going to bless other people. And you know what happens when we do that? God supplies all of our needs and more. But a lot of people are driven by material things. And here's the last one. Many people are driven by the need for approval. This can happen, especially if you didn't have a good parent relationship. Uh, I know this was big for me because I, I really didn't have a good relationship with my father, you know. And, uh, but think about this. Whose approval are you craving the most? Because that person will be the one that will drive your life. And that can be somebody in your family. Listen, that can be what I call an unpleasable parent. You're already in your 30s and you're still trying to please your parents. Listen, my mom's watching, uh, Val's mom's watching, and I'm so thankful that I have parents in our lives. We have my mother-in-law and my mom. I love them. They give us advice, but you know what? They pray for us and that's it. But I, I don't, I'm not driven by this approval to please my, my parents at this point. Parents are good. I honor them. But I know people that their parent is still driving their, their life, and they're already married. They have their own kids. Think about this for a moment. Think about Jesus. Can you imagine if Jesus' need for approval, if he was driven by the approval of the Pharisees? Imagine if he defined his ministry by what the Pharisees said about him. <laughs> he would not be happy, right? Think about that. Think about if Jesus defined or needed the approval of the rich young ruler who said, nah, I, I, I'm not going to give everything I have and follow you. I'm out. Think about if Jesus needed the approval of people of the crowd when they were yelling, Barabbas, free Barabbas, right? Think about if he needed that approval. As a matter of fact, the reason why Jesus fulfilled his calling is because he did not need the applause of people. He wanted the applause of heaven. And that's what I want to live for. I want to live for the applause of heaven because if you live for the applause of people, you will die by their criticism. The need for approval. The need for approval. A lot of people, man, struggle with that. Now, I'll tell you what. I don't know all the keys to success, but I do know this. Trying to please everybody will get you to a destination that you do not want to be at. Who's driving your life? Is it the opinions of other people? The opinions of people that are telling you what to do all the time? You know, I know the Bible says in a multitude of counsel there is... Uh, there is safety. But I'm talking about people who don't love you, who people who really don't even care about you, but your opinion, uh, their opinion is, is still playing in your mind. Can I hear a good amen today? So what does the Holy Spirit want to drive us to? And here's where I want to end today because this Spirit-filled life is an incredible life. And here's the first place that the Holy Spirit, the destination that he wants to give you is he wants to lead us to true life to true life. Romans chapter eight, verse two. Remember, it's not a spirit of bondage. Look at this. It says for the law of the spirit of life. Everybody say that with me. Say the spirit of life. Come on, type it in the chat. If you're watching the spirit of life, come on, say it loud. Spirit of life. 
listen, the law of the spirit of life, and here it is, in Christ Jesus. So he's going to lead you to life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So I want us to remember that the spirit-filled life is the life, right, filled with the characteristics of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me just explain to you when we say this word life, because this word life here, spirit of life, in the Greek means zoe. Everybody say zoe. Zoe means this. Are you ready? Zoe means the kind of life that God himself enjoys. The kind of life that God himself enjoys. Is God driven by fear? Is God driven by the approval of man? Is God, what is, drives God? Life. The Bible says this is the kind of life that God himself, join heirs with Christ, you get to enjoy. The spirit of life. And I would say today, this is all of our destination, right? Everybody's saying it now. Oh man, he's living his best life now. Lord, lead me to life because I want life. Lead me to life, right? And we use that even kind of funny. You'll have a little kid, right, running. He's got his diaper on. His diaper's falling off, but he's, you know, yeah. And, he's, and the parent go, yeah, he's living his best life. Living his best life now. And I would say at the core of your being, this is your desire. I want to live my best life. And I'm going to tell you how to get there. Through being led by the spirit of life. Being led by the spirit of life. My church family, the God kind of life will take you beyond your wildest dreams. The God kind of life, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all you can even ask, think, or imagine. It's a wild life. My church family, this is why we named this church Passion Life Church. Not Dead Life Church, Passion Life church. I don't understand why you got to do all those lights. And then, you know, I felt like smoke was coming out. I thought the place was on fire. I didn't know what was going on here. And, you know, music's kind of loud. Passion, life, church, where that's why you see people on the stage smiling and dancing. You know why? Because we have something to dance for. Before, when you were going, whoop, there it is, Chuck. You didn't have anything to dance for. But listen, now you have something to dance for because you have the God kind of life in you. Come on. Can I hear a good amen today? Now, I don't, everybody may not verbalize that that's what they want, and that may not be your idea of vision for church, because church may be, oh, you know what, uh, it's kind of like a funeral, everybody's quiet, you know, Pastor Phil, the, you know, the, the, when the preacher talks, he just gives us three points in a poem, and then we go home. Listen, when the devil comes against you, you don't need three points in a poem, you need the Spirit of God on the inside of you, being anointed of God, and being able to speak the Word of God to overcome the devil. Come on, no three points in a poem here. But I understand people just want to check the box. But reality is, deep down inside, they would tell you, we want what true life is. And you know, the spirit will leave you to, lead you to true life. And here's the second one. The spirit, the spirit-filled life, here's what he's leading you to. He's leading you to for, be forever free. Everybody say that, forever free. Everybody look at me. Life without freedom is no life at all. I'm going to say it again. Life without freedom is no life at all. And here's what the Spirit is going to lead you to, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 17. It says, when the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. One translation says, 
liberty. So notice, it's a spirit, not a bondage. It's a spirit of freedom. It says, now the Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Can everybody say freedom? Freedom. Come on, say it like you saw the Braveheart movie. Say freedom. 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 There you go. But look at verse 18. But we all, with an unveiled face, beholding us as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into that image. What is the image? The image of Jesus. You will find that the Holy Spirit's job is always to point you to Jesus. And what did Jesus, who did Jesus point us to when he was on the earth? He always pointed us to the Father. So the Holy Spirit is working in you to be more like Jesus. And Jesus is pointing us to the Father. They are three in one. That's why Jesus said, remember, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. My church family, true freedom is the ability to be able to say no to things. The ability to say, I don't have to turn on my computer and look at those things anymore. Because I am free. And the spirit of God, that spirit of freedom, is going to set you free from fear. I want to be free from fear. Come on, somebody. I don't want my anger to control me. I don't want it anymore. I don't want to be nice. And then when I go home, I turn into the Incredible Hulk. And then, you know what, I come back to my senses and, you know, I punch the wall and all that. That's not, that's not being led by the right spirit. I want the spirit of freedom. And I want to tell you, he can set you free forever where you don't have to do those things anymore, where your anger doesn't have to control you anymore. It is possible if we leave, if we live the spirit led life. Look at what Galatians chapter five, verse 16 says. So simple. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the lusts of the flesh. You know, Pastor Phil, I'm just trying to overcome these addictions. Stop. Ready? Here's my one point program. Walk by the Spirit. And if you walk by the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If you'll put your strength and focus on the right place, listen, here's what happens. The Holy Spirit will begin to change your desires. And here's what I've, I've found. Desire determines drive. Desire determines drive. You know why you're being driven? Because there's desires there. And here's what happens when you say, God, I want to be led by your spirit. Here's what happens. He comes in and he starts to move in your desires. And you begin to be driven in the direction of what God has for you. What really determines our drive is our desires. Guess why I have been freed from so many things in my life? Because I allowed God to change my desires. Ladies and gentlemen, I couldn't do it by myself. I will tell you, I could not change myself. But when I opened my heart to being led by the Holy Spirit, it was a whole different life. And it's a life of freedom. And listen, I just felt like the Holy Spirit needed me to say this. Some of you just said, but Pastor Phil, you don't know how strong this addiction is. You don't know how strong the Holy Spirit is. But we have to say, God, lead me. Here's the last one for today. The spirit is leading you to rise up. Everybody say rise up. Come on, say it loud. Say rise up. Come on, type it in the chat. Rise up. 
This spirit, the Holy Spirit, is so powerful that it raised Jesus from the dead. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus, raising up, rising up, it's a spirit that's going to rise you up, raise you up. This is the type, I don't want to be raised up. Don't worry, you won't. I want to live my life like I like it. Go ahead. But for the rest of us, we want this spirit to raise us up in areas that we can't raise ourselves up. But he says, but if the same spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. This spirit is going to cause you, my church family, to rise. I want to say that again. This spirit is going to cause you to rise. And I want, I believe it's our time for Passion Life Church and you to rise. Can I hear a good amen? It's time for your family to rise. It's time for your business to rise. Listen, I know a lot of us have lost a lot of things in 2020 and there was a lot of dead things. But thank God for the spirit of God because it causes us to rise up. Listen, I love you. And if you want to stay down, you can stay down. I love you, but I'm going to have to leave you there because I'm going to keep moving forward because I want to rise. Come on, somebody. I want to move forward. And this spirit will cause you to rise, to dream again. Thank you, Jesus. It's time to rise. I don't know why you're so mad. I'm passionate about rising up. I'm passionate about rising up. And I've realized I'm talking to you today, people who have been hurt, who've been devastated. But I want to tell you today, God's spirit will cause you to rise. God's spirit will cause dead things to live again. Come on, if you receive that, can you give the Lord a great round of applause today? Would you stand with me? Come on, let's stand up. I want to pray for you today as we close out today's service. Man, man, I feel, I feel like something's happening right now. I feel like something's happening right now. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? Would you just lift your hands? I feel like God right now, his spirit is here. Why don't we just say this? Say, God, I yield to you right now. Come on, just lift your hands for just a moment. I yield to you. I yield to you, Father. I yield to you. Now, I feel like that spirit, God's Holy Spirit, is working right now in some people's hearts. You just started to latch on to what we've been saying. And God is causing you to rise up. He's lifting you up. He wants to lift you up. Come on, will you be lifted today? Will you rise up? That spirit rose him, raised him up. That spirit's going to raise you up. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. In Jesus' name, it's time to rise up. To rise up in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Jeff, what's your what's your girlfriend's name? Angie. Angie, right now as we were talking about rising up, I saw your face, and I feel like God wants to take you to a whole new level. There's some things that he's really placed in you, 
I mean, some incredible giftings. And I feel like this last year, it's been a little stifled. Things have been happening. But you know what? I, when I was just saying that, we need to rise. I, I just saw your face. And I feel like God is going to start to move on your behalf. And, uh, but, but you've got to make a decision. We're going to rise. I'm, I'm not going to take steps back anymore. I'm going to take steps forward. And he's going to start opening doors for you. And I just feel like the gifts that are inside you, he's going to continue to stir up. And I think there's been some frustration for you because you've got all this on in the inside of you. And it's just like, it, it, there's been some tension. Like, I, I want to do it. I need to get, I need to get back. And I need to, and you know what? God's like, it's time. It's time for you to rise. Can I pray for you? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Angie. Lord, I thank you for her life and everything that you have invested in her. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I stir up the gifts that are in her life. Father God, to go, Lord, where she's always been dreaming to go. Father, you put a vision in her heart, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to remind her and you would make it come to pass in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray right now by the Holy Spirit for divine partnerships, Father God. Divine partnerships that you would bring into her life that would recognize what you're doing in her life and want to do, Father. People that see the vision that she has, expand it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And when people ask her how this is all happening, that she's going to say, you know, God is doing something. He's causing me to rise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you receive that, Angie? Do you receive that? I I want to hear the testimony. I want to hear the testimony. Listen, you say, why, why would God do that? He does that because he loves us. And, and it's just confirmation of what he's already doing in people's lives. And sometimes we just need to hear that encouraging word. It's time to rise up. It's time to rise up. Come on, all the kids in here. Where are all the kids? All the kids. Come on, if you're a kid, raise your hand. All the little kids. Come on. Are you a kid or are you an adult? You're a kid. Come on, parents, put, put your hands on your kids for a moment. It's time to rise up, kids. Come on, in Jesus' name. Lord, I lift up every kid in here. Lord, all of them, the ones that are smiling at me and the ones that aren't, Lord. I pray right now in Jesus' name that it's time for them to rise up. Lord, that you would speak to them, that they would begin to have encounters with you. Father, we need this next generation to rise up and be, Lord, the light to a world that needs them, Father God. I pray that that even as they're talking with their friends, whether it's on Fortnite, Lord God, or Roblox, or whatever they're at, Lord, that they would be a light to you, Father. Help them. Help them, Lord. Strengthen them to be a blessing to their parents, Lord, and begin to use them. Lord, I pray that this kid's life session, this season, Lord God, that you would begin to use kids. It would have kids that are leaders, Father God. It would stand up, greeters, ushers, and uh, praise and worship bands and filled with young people in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Keep your eyes closed for just a moment. I'd like to end this service with just two prayers. Number one, if you've never asked Jesus to come inside your heart, that you would do that, that you would ask him today and realize that he died on the cross for you. And I want to pray for you today. If you've never asked him to come inside your heart, today's the day. If you don't know if you're forgiven of your sins, you could know today. If you don't know if you were to die today, you get to choose whether you go to heaven or hell by having faith in Jesus' sacrifice. And if you've never prayed this prayer, I'd like to invite you to pray today. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Everybody say, Father God. Say, Father God. Forgive me 
of all of my sin. Lord Jesus, come inside my heart. Make me new. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord and as my Savior. And I'm going to live the Spirit-led life. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for your people today. Lord, that you would help them identify who's in that driver's seat. And Lord, that you would allow, Father, that they would allow your spirit to begin to lead them and guide them even in the little things when they're at Starbucks, Lord, whether they're at Aldi or whether they're at Stater Brothers, wherever they're at at home with their husband, with their wife, that they would begin to allow you to lead them and guide them in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.